This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. We're talking about consolations in prayer when our loving Heavenly Father meets us with His consoling presence. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father James Kubicki. Father Kubicki is a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and he gives retreats and missions around the country. His prayer reflections, of course, can be heard throughout the day right here on Relevant Radio. Father Kubicki, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Patrick. Good to be with you and all our listeners today. I wanted to make sure and acknowledge that uh, this is related to the whole realm of discernment of spirits, is it not, Father? It's certainly related to it. Uh, St. Ignatius, based on his own experience uh, after a conversion, uh, spending months in a cave praying, uh, he noted his different, let's say, interior movements, the movements of his heart and of his spirit. And he also looked back on on his own experience that led to his conversion, uh, was distinguishing how he felt when he read about the lives of the saints or the life of Christ. And uh, he had this deep interior feeling of peace contrasted with uh, he would feel excited reading stories about knights doing battle and other stories like that, kind of the fiction of his day in the 1500s. But those uh, readings left him not feeling bad, but they just didn't have an abiding peace like he felt when he was reading the lives of the saints or the life of Christ. And this is where he came to distinguish consolation, that deeper peace than other feelings we might have in life or in our prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's one of the things that I think is is important to know. And, and the whole the whole understanding of discernment of spirits, is, at least as far as I understand it, Father, is beginning to identify these different voices. But when we're looking for consolations, we have to be we have to know what some of the signs of the the fact that it is actually God speaking to us. So, what are some of those reminders, Father? Some of those things that Saint Ignatius pointed out that these are signs that the Lord Himself is speaking, and it's not just something. It's either the enemy in disguise or it's just our own our own self speaking to us. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good question. And in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, his little retreat manual, he has a whole section on discernment of spirits. And when he talks about spiritual consolation, he says that it's any interior motion or movement of the heart where one is inflamed with the love of God— so basically, it's, it's where our thoughts are less focused on ourselves or on worries or concerns we may have, but where we experience this, this deep knowledge of God's love or awareness of God's love that leads us to love God ourselves. And he said, at sometimes this can even lead to an experience of uh, tears, where a person tears up or, or actually experiences tears running down his or her face because not from sorrow or grief, but from the joy that is given by considering how much God has loved one. And then he goes on and says, consolation also includes every increase of faith, hope, and charity. Uh, So the theological virtues. And then he also says that consolation, one of the signs of it is uh, interior joy, uh, a joy that attracts one to heavenly things versus a consideration of earthly pleasures or uh, joys. And so all of those, he says, bring tranquility and peace when we uh, are praying and uh, are experiencing consolation. 
how might we distinguish some of those experiences, Father, of consolation with, uh, and, and I know that this is not always so straightforward because we know, well, from sacred scripture that Satan himself likes to masquerade as an angel of light, right? That there is deception involved with the evil one. And we might be even tempted to think that something is a message of consolation when it's actually a trick of the evil one. How can we kind of sharpen our, our skills at discerning between these two? Well, uh, two things there, Patrick. One is to examine the fruits of that consolation. So let's say we feel the Lord is telling us, uh, leading us in a certain direction, telling us, as it were, through those movements of consolation to do something. And if it leads to greater charity, to an increase of charity, a love of God and a love of our neighbor— Uh, The two have to go together. So if our love of God and this experience of consolation leads to greater love of neighbor, then uh, St. Ignatius would say that is from the good spirit. However, if the experience of peace we're having in prayer, which we initially consider to be consolation, if that leads to a lack of interest in other people, uh, a kind of a judging attitude toward others, Uh, where we think now I'm better and we become proud, then that's clearly not uh, coming from the Lord, but the evil spirit who's tempting us to think that we are great prayers and we look down on other people. Uh, The other thing that St. Ignatius would say as a way to determine whether it's from the good spirit or the evil spirit is uh, the good spirit he uses a beautiful example or image. He says the the Holy Spirit, when people are sincerely striving to love God and are not going from one mortal sin to another, but for someone who is sincerely trying to love God, the Holy Spirit acts like a, a drop of water on a sponge with just a gentle appearance and reaction in our hearts. Whereas he says the evil spirit acts like a drop of water on a rock. It goes splat, and it agitates us and causes disturbance. So sometimes we may feel the Lord is calling us to do something more in our prayer, but after a while, what we find out is this practice of prayer or penance or uh, whatever it is that we feel God is calling us to We experience it first as a consolation, but as time goes by, we experience ourselves getting agitated and upset, and it becomes too much, and we get out of balance. And following the effects of the consolation through, we can see that that was the evil spirit appearing as an angel of light, tempting us towards something good, but basically leading us down a path that will leave us feeling despondent, upset, depressed, and even giving up all our prayer then. Is desolation always the fruit of the evil one, Father? Or is desolation just kind of a a natural part of the cycle of our relationship with the Lord? When we talk about desolation, you know, we have to distinguish it from just a physical feeling down. It might be because we didn't get enough sleep or uh, maybe the alcohol uh, that we had the night before <laughs> is, is making us feel down and, and depressing us. So it could be a physical feeling like that. So a desolation, according to St. Ignatius, is a spiritual movement in which the evil spirit is uh, tempting us to discouragement, sort of the opposite of, you know, the attraction to heavenly things is what consolation is. Well, it's 
with desolation, it's it's a distaste for heavenly things, and it's an attraction okay. to earthly things. And that uh, desolation is a spiritual movement. So again, if one leads us toward God and is an increase of faith, hope, and charity, that's of the good spirit. If it leads us away from God, where we feel a decrease of faith, hope, and charity— uh, then that's from the evil spirit. Yeah. Now, again, we have to be careful because, you know, we have the whole tradition that St. John of the Cross helped us appreciate better, the dark night of exactly. the soul. Yeah. And there are people like St. Teresa of Calcutta who experienced a darkness and an absence of God, absence of consolation. Mm-hmm. Um, so consolation is not always a sign that we are progressing in the spiritual life, but it can be a way that the Lord purifies us, and also invites us to, as in the case of Mother Teresa, unite our interior sufferings with the sufferings of of others in our world who feel forsaken by God. Uh, Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought up St. John of the Cross and the Dark Knight and that sort of thing, because as I as I once read, and this has stuck with me, Father, it seems like the dark night, God permits these things, and even, not necessarily even the dark night, but just this uh, kind of an, uh, just an absence of consolation, um, mm-hmm. God permits these things in order that we might seek not merely the consolations of God, but the God of consolation is what I remember reading. And that seems to be pretty profound to me that, and that's one of the things I wanted to get into, too, about, well, why doesn't God just, you know, give us consolation all the time in prayer? Mm-hmm. Because God knows how addictive we are, that, yes. that we like good feelings, whether they're good physical feelings and comforts or whether they are good spiritual feelings. We like those, and we tend to get attached to them. And the Lord can see us gradually seeking the feeling, the movement of the heart, right. the consolation, rather than God himself. So consolation is always a byproduct, and it's not something that we should uh, seek for itself in our prayer. And when we do end up doing that, that's when the Lord, as it were, hides and and we experience God's absence and an emptiness and perhaps even desolation, which leads us to um, a purification. Wow. I mean, that's very insightful, I think, right there. But I've got to say that uh, there is a there is a little bit of a, <laughs> it seems a little bit of a sticking point, especially, well, I don't know, maybe it's not any more so today than it has been in any time past, but it seems like today, this is so, um, you know, just the sense of, of feeling, of elation, of uh, whatever it might be, that it seems to be that that's what we tend to seek out all the more so. And uh, sometimes I, I, I will admit, Father, I am, I'm as I'm teaching young kids and those trying to, you know, boost up their whole faith life and that sort of thing. If only they could have this this great experience emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, I guess is what I'm meaning, with God, then then maybe that would stick with them and help turn them more in his favor. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the one at the end of the day in control. I guess that's that, what I've got to be. That, that's right. And, and that's where, again, you know, uh, you bring up a good example that, you know, a lot of uh, young people might go to a, a particular conference in which they're with other young people and they experience a great yeah. sense of of prayer together and consolation and they wonder why they don't have that all the time or they come back right. from a kind of spiritual high and that's where again the effects and the fruits of it need to be fostered so it's good to go on a retreat and to be very consoled or to go to a conference and experience a lot of consolation 
But we shouldn't think that that's the norm for our lives. And we shouldn't, when we don't experience all the time that kind of feeling, we shouldn't think, well, that was bogus. It wasn't for real. No, those experiences are for real, but they're not for all the time. It's kind of like Jesus going up on the mountain, uh, Mount Tabor, and experiencing, you know, his transfiguration. But then coming with the apostles who wanted to build tents, as it were, to maintain that experience, to uh, continue the experience. Uh, He says, no, they leave the mountain and go back down on the plain and into the battle of the day with the memory of the consolation in their minds, but not the same intensity of feeling. This entire episode of The Inner Life is on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio app is completely free and updated daily with fresh articles, podcasts, and prayers. Don't delay. Download the app today. And thanks for listening.